crippled, you know. Well, morning, y'all. That's kind of weak. Y'all said you could hear me. Morning, y'all. Now, that's a little better. At least I feel like you're awake anyway. I am on, aren't I, Denny? Okay. If you have your Bibles this morning, uh, Let's turn to John chapter 6 and read verses 53 through 58. We're going to celebrate the Lord's Supper today. And uh, this is the passage that uh, deals with it. One of the passages. John six fifty three. So Jesus said to them, I assure you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you do not have life in yourselves. Anyone who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. Because my flesh is real food and my blood is real drink. The one who eats my flesh and drinks my blood lives in me and I in him. Just as the living Father sent me and I live because of the Father, so the one who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. It is not like the manna your fathers ate. And they died. The one who eats this bread will live forever. Let's pray. Father, as we uh, come before your throne today, God, we uh, realize that without you, we are nothing. Without your precious salvation, we have no chance at eternal life. God, remind us as we partake of this supper that it's a, God, it's a symbol of you and your precious blood, that you were willing to live here on this earth and give that blood for the salvation of all men. We pray, God, that we would honor that today, that we would honor you, love you, that we would put you in the highest position in our lives, listen to you, and do the things you would have us to do. God, uh, we are your servants and your children. We pray your blessings on all of those that have assembled here today. Keep us in the center of your will. Keep us strong in our faith. And give us, uh, God, the courage to be witnesses for Jesus in the world today. We'll give you the glory for that. In Jesus' name, amen. So, uh, Jesus, uh, 
told the, this uh, to those assembled. And uh, folks, I want, listen, let me get this out of the way first. We have a lot of people that read passages in, in the scripture like this and say we have a bloody religion. We're just, our, our religion is just based on anything except salvation because of what it says about this, about Jesus. Jesus uh, was trying to explain and draw the analogy between him and what he was doing and observing the Passover meal. The Passover meal was something that was uh, not unusual or out of the ordinary for the Jews. They had had it and observed it for years and years. And a central lesson about this Passover lamb, uh, that its shed blood caused the wrath of God to pass over, if you will, those who applied it to their homes and, uh, and their lives. You remember the story of the Passover in the Old Testament. The, the lamb uh, was slain, and the blood of that lamb was smeared on the doorpost uh, and the lentils of the home. Uh, that was to protect them from the death angel that passed through that night to pass over that house and spare everybody's life in that house. So the blood was a, a, a symbol from uh, early on to the Jews about uh, God's passing over uh, our sin. Uh, in this case, only the blood of the Passover lamb can save us. That's the only thing. Now, we hear a lot of different ways about how man is saved today, about service and this, that, and the other, about doing good and doing right and giving a lot of money to the church and this, that, and the other. The scripture says there's only one way, and that way is through Jesus. So we need to, we need to get that in our minds. The, the only, only the blood of the Passover lamb can save us, and that Passover lamb is Jesus. We've all been offered the same promise. There's not a human being since the time of Christ, especially until today, that has not been offered that same offer, an offer of salvation through the blood of Jesus. And uh, <laughs> I don't know whether y'all have noticed or not, but I have, as a Baptist preacher, we live in a world full of hard-headed people. <laughs> that, that's, that's to say the least, isn't it? People that would rather do what they want to do than uh, save their lives sometimes. Yet, uh, that's just the way it is. I mean, we, we live, especially in the South, it seems, we live in, a, in an obstinate part of the country. And uh, it was hard for them to say that they had to, to give up themselves and trust in Jesus in order to be saved. And uh, the Scripture tells us that whoever invites Jesus into their lives, asking him, to apply that blood that he shed for the remission of sin to their hearts. We will be passed over when judgment day comes. Now, <laughs> that tickles me. Uh, I, I hear people all the time and talk to different folks of different religion and denominations that talk about uh, being good and how good they have to be and all that sort of stuff. And, and that, look, that's a good thing. We ought to try to be as good as we can, but we cannot do enough good in our lifetime to secure for us 
a place in heaven with God. That's just impossible. That's not God's plan. That's not what he said we had to do. There's one plan that he made, and that was for the blood of Jesus to cover all of the sin of all men who would turn to him and accept him as Savior. Uh, perhaps more accurately, the Passover lamb of the Old Testament was uh, a foreshadowing of Jesus' sacrifice on our behalf. John the Baptist called Jesus the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. The Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Uh, he was a lamb without blemish or spot for he lived a perfect life that was free from sin. And you can read about that in Luke if you want to, Luke 22. But that was Jesus. It amazes me, it never has ceased to amaze me, that Jesus, the Son of God, God himself, would give up the luxury and the life in heaven to step into this unclean, tainted world where people would hate him, despise him, and take his physical life in their hands and kill him. It never ceases to amaze me, and there's only one answer for that question. His love for us. He loved us that much. Even before you and I were born, 2,000 years ago, he loved us that mud. And I don't know how long this old world is going to exist, but I'll tell you this. If it's another 5,000 years or another 10,000 years, it doesn't make any difference. Jesus died for all of those people because he loved them too. That's just the way it is. We have an amazing God whose love cannot compare to anything that we know. Oh, I, I see these young couples running around, you know, and <laughs> And all Google-eyed and moon-faced and all that kind of stuff. They just love each other and they fall all over each other, you know, and they just tickle each other to death. And, and uh, three years later, they're getting a divorce. We see that pretty common today. Uh, that's not how God loves us. Uh, again, I say, I don't know how in the world he can love us knowing that we're going to mess up. We're talking about parental love, and uh, this, this is getting less and less today. We see a lot, a lot of parents just giving their children up and, and not worrying about them anymore and quit trying to do anything with them, just let, their ha let them have their own way. It doesn't make any difference what, what we do, how old we get when we do it. It doesn't matter. God loves us through our sin, even if we won't turn away from that sin to him. He loves us anyway. Folks, I'm telling you, we've got, a, we've got an awesome God uh, whose blood is the only way that we can be saved. The true blood of the Passover lamb smeared on the doorpost and the lentils of our heart is the only way that we can be saved. There's not anything that we can do, anybody we can see, nobody we can trust, nothing we can trust except the Lord Jesus Christ and the blood that he shed for us. That's it. He is our Passover lamb.
even more accurately, maybe, the Passover lamb of the Old Testament was this foreshadowing of Jesus' sacrifice on our behalf. John the Baptist called Jesus the Lamb of God. And that carried a special meaning, as I said earlier, uh, to the Jews. Because it was a, if you read about in the Old Testament, the description of what the Lamb had to be, the Lamb had to be perfect. It, it had to be without spot. It had to be without blemish. And when they offered it as a sacrifice, they couldn't break any of the bones and they couldn't uh, use any of the, the meat. They couldn't use it for anything except that sacrifice. It was completely and wholly dedicated to God and the salvation of the Jews that would believe and trust. Now that sounds a lot like Jesus to me. Only those that believe in him will be saved. Uh, the Jewish Passover feast commemorates Israel's deliverance from slavery in Egypt, in case you don't remember. You remember Egypt uh, had, had become a place that was not a pleasant place for Israel. Now, for a long time, uh, the Egyptians and the Israelites got along, but as time progressed and the Pharaohs progressed and forgot about Moses and, and uh, all of the children, uh, they tended to captivate, if you will, uh, the Jewish people and use them for their own good. And when uh, they were delivered from that slavery, they had a great celebration, and they remembered it from then on. They never forgot it. Uh, and uh, that, that was a celebration of the Jewish nation, if you will. Uh, and it came from the people being freed. Well, now look, if you want to look at it like that, we as people who have accepted the blood of Lord Je the Lord Jesus Christ for the atonement of our soul, for the taking away of our sins. We're just like those people. God has done an atoning work in our lives to take away our sin that we might be acceptable before his Father and go to heaven and be with God in heaven for an eternity. Now, I, that's, that should be important to us, should be of primary importance to every one of us as adults, as young people, anything else. That's so important where we're going to spend eternity. You know our biggest problem today? People don't believe we're going to live eternally. They think when this body passes and goes away, when the heart quits beating and the electrical signals quit going to the brain and so on and so forth, when that body stretches out on that slab, and that mortician comes by and drains it of all its blood and puts it in a hole and it decays. That's a pretty picture, isn't it? They think that's the end, but I'm going to tell you something. None of that had anything to do with what God did. Because when we as believers die, the soul leaves the body and goes to be with God immediately. All this other stuff is just physical stuff that takes place on the earth. For those who mourn and all of that sort of stuff, and those, you know, a lot of times non-believers uh, get misled by things like that. Listen, 
God wants us to trust him no matter what. And he said, I'm going to be with you. <laughs> I'm going to be with you in the beginning, and I'm going to be with you at the end. You don't have anything to worry about. Amen. You give your heart to me, you give your life to me, and I'll take your life and take it into eternity with me in heaven. That's all you got to do. <laughs> it sounds real simple. It sounds very simple. But you know, we want to make something hard out of it. We want to make it difficult and add to and take away from what Jesus said about that. The Jewish Passover feast commemorates this deliverance uh, from that slavery that the Jews found themselves in, as I said. And uh, we, uh, we know that today... Uh, it still is a historical event on their calendar. They still observe uh, this time of Passover and celebrate their freedom as Jews uh, during this time of Passover. Christians, however, celebrate this meal, and, and we do celebrate this meal as a remembrance of Jesus not of deliverance from the Jews, but, I mean, the, the Israelites or the other nations, but to, to do it in remembrance of Jesus and his deliverance of all of us through salvation. He secured for everyone who believes their salvation. And we have to put that belief in him. Not only is it a, a celebration of deliverance from slavery in Egypt, but a foreshadowing if you will, of Jesus' sacrifice on our behalf. John the Baptist called Jesus the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world in John 1, 29. He was a lamb without blemish or spot as he lived a perfect life that was free from sin. There's only one person that has ever been able to do that and only one person that will ever be able to do that. And that was Jesus. And listen, it was because of what was said about the Passover lamb in the Old Testament. The Old Testament lamb had to be one without spot, without blemish. It had to be perfect. It had to be perfect in every way. That's why Jesus had to be perfect in every way. I don't know what he looked like, but ladies, he must have been a good-looking fellow. You know, think about it. I mean, he was perfect. I don't know what he looked like, and I don't know what a perfect man looks like, but I have an idea that Jesus was perfect in every way. He was presentable not only to God but to the world. They should have been drawn to him in a way that uh, man had never seen before. Uh, not only is it a celebration from the, uh, of the deliverance, uh, but it's a... Celebration of the deliverance from our personal sin, and uh, we uh, we're going to see this lamb once again <laughs> when he returns. This lamb without spot or blemish lived a perfect life, free from sin, and he's coming back one of these days. Amen. Now, that's scary. <laughs> I don't know about y'all, but I had, uh, I had a good healthy fear of my parents because if I messed up, 
I knew I was going to be held accountable and there was going to be the devil to pay if you will allow me to go that far. But folks, I want you to know something. There's not going to be any final payment to make because of our sin that we have committed while on this earth. When we die and we go to stand before God our Father, Jesus is going to say, that one's mine. I don't know about y'all, but that just makes me proud to think about that. And we're standing there amongst all these people of the world, and especially amongst the sinners. Jesus points to us and said, that one's mine. You let that one into our house. That's so important, folks. And Jesus made it possible for that to happen for us. As I said, John the Baptist called him the lamb, a lamb without spot or blemish. It is his precious blood that is once applied to our hearts that God sees and sees it only. He doesn't see any more sin. There's only one thing that can blot our sin out from God's vision. That's the blood of Jesus. Now that ought to just tickle us to death. Now, when I was younger and had a tendency to get in trouble, I'm, <laughs> if I'd have known about that, I'd have been trying to find some of that blood of Jesus where I could sprinkle it on me to get mama off of me, you know. Uh, it doesn't work quite that way, but that, that's, I mean, we could think about it in human terms. That's, that's the way it, it, it's going to be. Uh, we're going to be covered in the precious blood of Jesus. It's going to be applied to our hearts. Uh, and uh, hopefully when we accept him on, on this earth, that we, we uh, allow him to apply that blood to our hearts while we're here and know that when God comes in judgment, he's going to pass over that house. He's going to pass over us because we've been marked with the blood of Jesus. And uh, death to the old sinful self is commemorated in the Lord's Supper. Death to the old sinful self and the newness of life in Christ. This is what we celebrate. Now, while I've been here, we've not had the Lord's Supper. But folks, I want you to know that's what this meal, this supper that we partake of, commemorates. It commemorates the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, but it commemorates the salvation that we have because of his precious blood and God's passing over that sin because of that blood. There's nothing else that can be offered for our sin. There's no one else that we can believe in to take away our sin except Jesus. Now the question that all of us need to make certain of today, and uh, this is uh, one of the Things that I say uh, as we observe the supper in every church. The people that observe the supper need to make sure when they partake that they know the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior. And they don't need to partake of that if they don't because that would be hypocritical to partake of his broken body and his shed blood if we're not saved. Now, some churches go so far as to say members of the local church and 
and I've never been quite that stiff. I just, I just want everybody that partakes in the Lord's Supper to understand that when we partake of the Supper, we're taking part in, in ingesting His blood and His flesh as a symbol of what He's done for us eternally. Death has no uh, power over us anymore. It's that precious blood that uh, makes a difference. It is the newness of life that we celebrate in the Lord's Supper. Because if I read Scripture right, uh, without the newness of life, without Jesus saving us, without Jesus coming into our heart as our Savior, we don't have a chance in eternity. He's our only hope, our only chance. It's this newness of life that we celebrate in the Lord's Supper. And it's a celebration. This is a celebration of, of what Jesus has done for us. His broken body and his shed blood offered up for the sins of all who would believe that eternal security was in him and in no one else or nothing else. The question that we must ask ourselves today is, has my heart been marked by the precious blood of Jesus, just like the Jews took the blood of the Lamb and marked the doorposts and the lintels of their house to let the death angel know that they were gods. Do we know for certain, do you know for certain that your life, your soul has been marked by the blood of Jesus? That you stand apart in that respect. When Jesus comes back, he's, he's not going to have to ask anybody. He's going to see. Yep, that was mine. Has your heart been marked? If you were to die today, do you know for certain, for sure, without any doubt, that you'll go to heaven be, to be with him? I hope so. I certainly hope so. If not, don't leave here without getting it right, okay? Uh, uh, as I said, I, this supper is for all the believers, all the saved folks. I don't want to exclude anybody from partaking of the body and the blood of Jesus. You're in the right place at the right time with the right door marked, okay? Uh, just uh, remember that as we celebrate the Lord's Supper. Uh, we'll have uh, the pianist come if you'll come, darling. We'll have we'll have a verse or two of, of a song just for a time for you to come forward uh, if you feel the need to make things right with uh, with God uh, to uh, trust Him as your Savior. If you haven't done that, let me encourage you to do that uh, and get things right with God today. Uh, let's stand together and we'll we'll bow our heads and have this hymn and, and we'll just uh, listen to God as He talks to us and we won't we won't belabor this point of the invitation but uh, we want you to to understand what what's being done here.
may be seated. Now, because of where we are and our number, we're probably going to do this in a different way than you've ever done it before. I don't know, but we'll find out because I'm sure somebody will tell me. <laughs> Nobody ever lets the preacher know if he does something new without telling him. Okay? So, as, uh, I didn't leave enough room in between this table to, for me to get in there, but uh, it'll be all right. Uh, we have the, uh, the bread up here, and uh, we have the drink up here, and I'm going to ask you, do you know for sure that Jesus Christ is your Savior, that he's given his life, his, his very body and his blood for you? You're invited to partake in this supper. And uh, you can come for the, the bread is in a cup. Let me show you. The bread's in a little cup like this. <laughs> okay? And so is the drink. I want you to come one at a time. Just file up the aisle and uh, get one of each. Okay? You get the bread and you get the drink. And uh, let's, we make this easier when you go back. Let's, let's just all sit right here on the first three or four pews, okay? Uh, all right. Kathy, let's start with you. That row. That row. And then Johnny and that row. And then we'll start on the back over there, Carolyn. At the end of that line, okay? being real trusting that nobody's going to spill this stuff. It's not good to trust me. That's why I stand up here with it. <laughs> you can get mamas, it'll be all right. Take one of those or both of them. Okay, can you make it? Okay. Trusting souls. Your turn. Mm -hmm. Trisha. 
pianist, pianist. This, uh, to me, this is one of the most precious things that we do as a church because this means so much if we would take it to heart and understand what this represents. This represents our Savior and his broken body for us and what he was willing to do in giving himself and shedding his blood for our salvation. And uh, As Jesus had that last supper with his disciples as he was about to go to the cross. He told them to do this as often as they do it in remembrance of him. And he told them to take that bread and uh, eat that bread because it was his body, symbolically his body, which was being given as a sacrifice for them. So take Let's pray first, okay? Let me pray first. Lord, we, uh, we thank you for this time of celebration that we can have together. We thank you for the sacrifice that you made for us on Calvary. Lord, we, uh, we thank you for the broken body of the Lord Jesus Christ that took our place for the punishment of sin. And we, God, honor you today in that respect and lift Jesus up in our heart as our Savior. And they, they partook of the bread, if you will. And in like manner, they took the drink. Jesus said, this is a symbol of my blood which is shed for you. Understand, this, <laughs> this blood, this symbol of the blood of Jesus has covered us from all of the things that keep us away from the Lord Jesus Christ. It was something that he did for us that we can be happy for. Jesus told him to take the drink and to drink all of it. Now, that had some significance <laughs> if you know a little bit about the lamb. The lamb that was offered at Passover in the household where it was offered had to be totally consumed except for the bones. It had to all be used up. And so it was with the bread and the drink. It had to all be used. So Jesus gave them the drink. Let's pray again, please. Herschel, you lead us in prayer for this drink. Father, We are considered a bloody religion. But your word says way back that the life is in the blood. Mm, yes. So we know that Jesus gave his life for us. This is but a symbol of his life. And we thank you for that, that we may celebrate his life in this matter. Mm, yes. For it is by that right of that shed blood that we do this in his name. Amen. Jesus said, Take and drink, for this is my blood which is shed for you.
And amen. Now, we're good Baptists. I know you're good at taking directions. <laughs> to make it easier on the, the ladies picking up, come up and leave your cup in the tray, both of them. That way they won't have to be hunting these things down and folks won't be stumbling over them and tripping and all that sort of stuff. Uh, it's good to see you today. This is a, a significant celebration in the Christian church. And we're glad that you could be here today to celebrate it with us. Let's stand and we'll be dismissed, okay? Brother Johnny, would you dismiss us, please?